0: Welcome to an impromptu episode of Rise of the Lords. Yesterday, Paizo released a preview version of the remaster. Now, I know many people are going to be itching to look at all of these rules, and they should. They're exciting. What I'm going to do is as a service to those of us who don't like reading static images. So I am going to read the entire remaster document for you audiobook style. With a few caveats. Many parts of this 19-page document are new spells, items, and reworking of creatures. I am not going to read every single one of those. Rather, we'll go over an example of each one and look at the changes that have been made from the version that we all know and love to the one that we will start to know and love. Some of these things will be familiar, while others will be new. There are also a few clarifying statements from Paizo's staff on social media that I will also let you know about. Now keep in mind, this is a preview document and things could possibly change from now to when the remaster is released. But I'm hoping that this reading will let you listen to it in your car drive or morning exercise. And then you too can go out into the world knowing what everyone else knows about the remaster. So, without further ado, here we go. Welcome to this preview of the Pathfinder 2nd Edition remaster books, with bits of Player Core, GM Core, both releasing in November, and Monster Core slated for March 2024. Rage of Elements Though it includes some other previews, the main purpose of this document is to give you everything you need to use the spells, items, and creatures from Rage of Elements. You'll see the spells and items mentioned in that book, information on the divine sanctification rules referenced in the deity entries, and so on, using these rules. For your home games, have a conversation between players and GM to determine which rules, if any, you would like to introduce early. Most of the rules, including the new spells, work fine with the current core rulebook, though you might need to make a few adjustments on the fly, such as choosing which spell components the spell should use if another ability references spell components. For widespread changes, such as removing alignment, it might be best to hold off until you have the full rules in your hands if these play a major factor in your game. Typically, if you're going to use champions or another class that features alignment heavily. We hope you'll enjoy this look towards the future and join us when the new core remaster books drop later this year. Sincerely, Jason Bullman, Director of Game Design, Logan Bonner, Pathfinder Lead Designer, Michael Sayer. Design Manager, James Case, Senior Designer, and Joshua Birdsong, Designer. Rules Changes Several major parts of the Pathfinder 2nd Edition rules have been updated for the remaster. Simplifying some unnecessary complexity, adding more nuance, and improving the gameplay experience. You'll find some details on the changes to spells, concepts, and items in the relevant sections. Replaced Concepts The following rules and story elements listed in the table below will be replaced with new terms or concepts in the updated remaster Rules. Read further to learn more about some of these changes. Now there's a big table, many of which have an explanation that say to just go to a different page to see more. I'm going to skip over those explanations, but I will read any of the explanations that are right here. Ability modifier will be changed to attribute modifier. An ability score will no longer be part of the game. The Abyss will be changed to the Outer Rifts. Aquan will be called the Lastic. Attack of Opportunity will be Reactive Strike. Reactive Strike is a more descriptive name and reduces confusion for players coming to the game from a different rules set that uses the term. Orin will be replaced by Susuran. azer will be replaced by Moon Sahir. The City of Brass will be changed to Medina Mudai. Counteract Level will now be Counteract Rank. This was changed to avoid confusion between level and level. Darkwood will be Duskwood. Sustain a Spell will just be Sustained. Divine Ability will be Divine Attributes. This was updated to the new Attribute Terminology. The genie or Dijin, will now be Jaffoon. The Afridi will be Ifritz. Flat footed will be off guard. The original term was awkward and unclear. A focus spell component will now be the locus. This was changed to avoid overlap with focus spells. The old Ifrits will now be Nari or Na'ari. Ignans will now be Pyrix. Johnny will be John. Merids will now be Phaedon. The Material Plane will now be called the Universe. Methods will be Scamps. Metamagic will be changed to Spell Shape to be more specific. Mithril will now be Dawn Silver. Negative will now be Void. Negative Damage and the Negative Trait are now Void to reflect their meaning in the game world and avoid confusing wording when doing math. While the Negative Energy Plane will now be called The Void. Positive will be changed to Vitality. Positive damage and the positive trait will now be Vitality to reflect their meaning in the game world and avoid confusing wording when doing math. The positive energy plane will now be Creations Forge. The shadow plane will be the Netherworld. Shaitan will now be called Jabali. Spell level will be Spell Rank. Sustain a spell slash activation will now just be sustain. Terran will now be Petron and Tools will be replaced with Toolkit. Sets of tools you can wear are called toolkits to keep it more clear which items are eligible to be worn. Narrator's note, I'm very sorry if I mispronounced any of that. Hopeful that there will be a pronunciation guide or maybe someone more fluent will be able to tell us how they're properly said. Attribute Modifiers. We've removed ability scores and changed ability modifiers to attribute modifiers to make them more obviously different from the term abilities, which is used throughout the game. This also changes ability boost to attribute boost, and ability flaw to attribute flaw, both of which are described below. Essentially, the process of building a character and using your attribute modifiers modifiers is the same. This just removes the step of building an ability score. Narrator's note, about time, y'all. The main adjustment you might need to make, and we'll see in Rage of Elements, is changing prerequisites of a certain ability score. Simply find the ability modifier that score would have and use that number for the attribute modifier prerequisite. For example, a prerequisite needing a charisma ability score of 14 would instead need a charisma attribute modifier of plus 2. The rules text from Player Core is as follows Attribute Boosts. An attribute boost normally increases an attribute modifier's value by 1. However, If the attribute modifier to which you're applying an attribute boost is already plus 4 or higher, instead mark partial boost on the character sheet for that attribute. If the attribute already has a partial boost invested in it, increase the modifier by 1 and uncheck the box. At first level, a character can never have more attribute modifiers that's higher than plus 4. Narrator's note, This effectively keeps the current rule where you won't get another plus 1 until 10th level on an ability that's already at plus 4, and then another plus 1 at level 20 if you fully invest in that skill, meaning you will never have more than a plus 6. When your character receives an attribute boost, the rules indicate whether it must be applied to a specific attribute modifier, to one of a limited list, or whether it's a free attribute boost that can be applied to any modifier of your choice. Dwarves, for example, receive an attribute boost to their Constitution modifier and their Wisdom modifier, as well as one free attribute boost which can be applied any other attribute. When you gain multiple attribute boosts at the same time, you must apply each one to a different modifier. This means you can't apply a partial boost to an attributive modifier and apply another boost simultaneously to increase it. Attribute flaws. Attribute flaws are not nearly as common in Pathfinder as attribute boosts. If your character has an attribute flaw, likely from their ancestry, you decrease that attribute modifier by one. Narrators note it's a little hard to say attribute boost. Attribute boost. Attribute boost. Alignment. This concept of alignment has been removed from the game, replaced with tools more directly pointed at what those rules attempted to accomplish. Creatures no longer have alignment though some follow edicts and anathema or are sanctified to a holy or unholy cause, since both of these struggles are key to the setting of Pathfinder. Edicts and Anathema For guidance on how to play a character, we're emphasizing edicts and anathema more strongly. They're now a voluntary, optional part of character creation for all characters, Edicts, classics, and so forth can still introduce specific edicts and anathema. Most of these are similar or identical to what already appears in the printed books. Edicts and anathema. You can choose to take on edicts and anathema to reinforce your character's belief and guide how they'd react in certain situations. Edicts are behaviors your personal philosophy or code encourages. Anathema are the opposite, actions contrary to your point of view and violations of your personal code. For example, you might declare that you follow an edict to keep detailed records of any dungeon you explore, or you might consider it anathema to refuse to help a friend in need. For most characters, these are entirely optional, though it's best to consider taking on some as you create your character to home in on how they think. If you follow a deity, you might take inspiration from the edicts and anathema listed for them in their deity entries. Ancestry entries list edicts and anathema prevalent among their societies. The new genikin heritages in rage of elements with popular edicts and anathema and here's an example from player core for the orc ancestry popular edicts become even stronger share knowledge you won through pain destroy the undead popular anathema accept defeat without proof of strength reshape or reanimate a creature into something lesser holy unholy and sanctified New traits let you dedicate a character to the grand battle between holy forces, such as celestials, and unholy forces, such as fiends and the undead. You'll note, chaos, law, and neutrality don't have equivalents, as their scope was far more limited and they matter much less in the game world. Some characters, notably clerics and player core, can choose to become sanctified. We may issue errata for other major character options that relied on alignment, but it's unlikely that every single base will be covered. The rules text for sanctification and the related traits are as followed. Sanctification. Some deities sanctify their clerics and similarly devoted followers. This gives the follower the holy or unholy trait. The holy trait indicates a powerful devotion to altruism, helping others, and battling against unholy forces like fiends and undead. The unholy trait, in turn, shows devotion to victimizing others, inflicting harm, and battling celestial powers. Deities that list must choose require gaining the trait, and those that list can choose... Give the devotee the option to choose the trait or not. You can have the holy trait, unholy trait, or neither, but can never have both the holy and unholy traits. Spells and other effects can also have these traits, making them more powerful against creatures with the opposite trait. Some spells and abilities have the sanctified trait. This means that when you use the ability, you add the holy or unholy trait to the ability if you have that trait. Holy trait. Effects with the holy trait are tied to the powerful magical forces of benevolence and virtue. They often have stronger effects on unholy creatures. Creatures with this trait are strongly devoted to holy causes and often have weaknesses to unholy. If a creature with weakness to holy uses a holy item or effect, it takes damage from its weakness. Unholy trait. Effects with the unholy trait are tied to powerful magical forces of cruelty and sin. They often have stronger effects on holy creatures. Creatures with this trait are strongly devoted to unholy unholy causes, and have weaknesses to holy. If a creature with weakness to unholy uses an unholy item or effect, it takes damage from its weakness. Sanctified. You are holy or unholy, your sanctified actions and spells gain the same trait. Spirit Damage. Though this damage type isn't used in Rage of Elements, the remaster rules introduce spirit damage. This will replace alignment damage, such as chaotic, good damage, evil damage, and awful damage. In many situations. But beyond that, it also covers many situations where there isn't a truly suitable damage type. Spirit damage. Directly affecting the spiritual essence of a creature. Spirit damage can damage a target projecting its consciousness or possessing another creature even if the target's body is elsewhere. The possessed creature isn't harmed by the blast. Spirit damage doesn't harm creatures that have no spirit such as constructs. Many effects that deal spirit damage also have the sanctified holy or unholy traits. Fast Changes. Alignment changes are the most extensive of the remaster. If you want to use them in your game immediately, in most cases, you can make pretty quick adjustments on the fly to adapt. Take care to make sure you don't miss something and be ready to alter your plan if the change doesn't seem to be working as you intended. Creature Stat blocks. Remove the alignment entry from all creatures. If the creature's nature is strongly suffused with the magic of good or evil. The creature has the holy or unholy trait, and often its strikes or other actions do too. Celestials have the holy trait. Fiends and undead have the unholy trait. As with most things, there are occasional exceptions. A cleric champion, herald, or other similar follower of a deity might be sanctified as well, gaining the appropriate holy or unholy trait. Align damage. Change chaotic damage, evil damage, good damage, and lawful damage to spirit damage. If you have a bit more time, you can instead incorporate that damage into other damage of the attack if it makes sense, increasing the physical damage instead for example consider adding the holy trait or unholy trait to an action spell or item if it's often strongly themed to a deity or the metaphysical fight of good versus evil deity sanctification there's no quick change for sanctification if a player wants their character to be sanctified you can follow what the story suggests should be true for the character and their deity for instance it makes perfect sense for a devout cleric of Serenra, who has been dedicated to battling fiends and undead to be sanctified to holy however a cleric of Caden Kalian, who hasn't shown any strong drive to fight for a cause, might not be sanctified. Usually, you can follow the player's wishes for their PCs and ask them to describe in story how their sanctification comes into play. Dedication Feats Formerly, Dedication Feats for Archetypes listed a special entry. To note, you need to take two other feats from the archetype before taking a new Dedication Feat those rules are now in the rules for the trait itself. This makes them consistent and avoids needing to include repetitive text. Any archetypes that intentionally left room for exceptions, such as some archetypes that count feats from other archetypes towards this number, might get erotic closer to the release of the final books. The Druid. Druids no longer have anathema against using metal. Metal is an element, and many of the metal spells are on the primal list and fully usable by druids. The updated list of base druid anathema Anathema is as follows. Wild Song is the new name for the reconceptualized secret language of Druids. Anathema. Despoil natural places. Consume more natural resources than you require to live comfortably. Teach the Wild Song non-druids. Sustain and Dismiss Rather than having separate rules for Sustain a Spell and Sustain an Activation, Sustain is now a specialty basic action that works largely the same way but can be used more broadly throughout the rules. Similarly, Dismiss is now a specialty basic action. Spells Spells have received some changes to make them easier to understand and use, to have them work more correctly with some other rules changes, and to make some of them more fun and useful. Spell Rank The term spell level has changed to spell rank to reduce the confusion caused by using level for two different scales of numbers in the game. Other parts of the game that use the same scale as spells have changed as well, such as counteract level becoming counteract rank. School Removal Spells no longer have spell schools, which removes the abjuration, conjuration, divination, enchantment, evocation, necromancy, and transmutation traits. There's still an illusion trait, follows the same rules as before, but it's no longer a school, just a trade. This change makes obsolete a small number of items, archetypes, and other rules elements which will get errata as needed closer to the release of the books. The wizard sees the greatest number of these changes. Wizard Changes The removal of spell schools has a major impact on the wizard class. The wizard now has a set of curriculum spells and spell slots which use the following text. Curriculum Spells You automatically add some of your spells listed in your school's curriculum to your spellbook. At first level, you add a cantrip and two first rank spells of your choice. As soon as you gain the ability to cast wizard spells of a new rank, choose one of the spells from your curriculum of that rank to add to your spellbook. A superscript U indicates an uncommon spell. Your GM might allow you to swap or add other spells to your curriculum if they strongly fit with the theme. Spell Slots Each day you can prepare an extra cantrip from your curriculum. You also gain an extra spell slot at each spell rank for which you have a wizard spell slot. You can prepare only spells from your school's curriculum in these extra slots. Any spell listed in your curriculum of a suitable spell rank is eligible to be prepared in each of these extra slots, regardless of how you added the spell to your spellbook. Wizard Focus Spells are still called spell schools, but they now represent an actual school the wizard attended or didn't attend for the School of Unified Magical Theory. An example of a curriculum follows. The Charming Push Focus spell works like Charming Worlds, but can directly affect the target's mind. Therefore, it doesn't have the auditory and linguistic traits. School of Mentalism As a scholar, you know all too well the importance of a sound mind. Thus, you attended a school like the Farseer Tower or the Stone of the Seers that taught the arts of befuddling lesser minds with figments and illusions or implanted sensations and memories. Curriculum Cantrips: Days, Figment, First Rank, Dizzying Colors, Sleep, Sure Strike, Second Rank, Illusory Creature, Stupefy, Third Rank, Dream Message, Mind Reading, You Fourth, Nightmare, Vision of Death, Fifth Rank, Hallucination, Illusory Scene. Sixth, Nevermind. Phantasmal Calamity. Seventh rank. Project Image. Warp of Mind. Eighth rank. Disappearance. Uncontrollable Dance. Ninth rank Phantasmagoria. School spells. Initial. Charming push. Advanced Invisibility Cloak Focus Spells Though the details don't come up in Rage of Elements, the way characters gain and recharge focus points has been simplified in the remaster. Abilities that give you focus spells no longer mention how many focus points they add to your pool because the rules have been simplified. The maximum number of focus points in your pool is always equal to the number of focus spells you know. There was a note by Louise Loza in the Pathfinder 2 subreddit, though, that there is still a maximum focus pool of three. The refocus action is now limited as well. Here's the new version. Refocus. Concentrate exploration traits. Requirements. You have a focus pool. You spend 10 minutes performing deeds to restore your magical connection. This restores one focus point to your focus pool. The deeds you need to perform are specified in the class or ability that gives you your focus spells. These deeds can usually overlap with other tasks that relate to the source of your focus spells. For instance, a cleric with focus spells from a holy deity can usually refocus while tending the wounds of their allies. Refocus Feats some classes have feats to let you know refocus faster. And those have been streamlined to one feat. If you want to implement the change to your game, take these two steps. One, change a class's 12th level focus feat, such as the Sorcerer's Bloodline Focus, to have the following rules text. Whenever you refocus, completely refill your focus pool. Step two, remove a class's 18th level Wellspring feat, such as the Sorcerer's Bloodline Wellspring. New format. The format of a spell stat block has been changed slightly. Removing the spell components means the actions and traits go in the same place as the other actions and activities. The action icon appears in the header, and the concentrate and manipulate traits go in the traits line when needed. The cast entry appears only for spells that take longer than three actions to cast. In addition, the saving throws entry has been replaced with defenses which is also used to note when a spell targets AC. You can now see the new format and action in the spells ahead. Now comes a list of 41 spells. I am not going to read 41 spells to you. However, let's take a look at one of them that's changed. Ignition now replaces Produce Flame. Here's how it reads. Ignition, two actions, cantrip one. It has the attack, cantrip, concentrate, fire, and manipulate traits. Traditions, arcane and primal. Range 30 feet, targets 1 creature's, defense, AC. You snap your fingers and point at a target, which begins to smolder. Make a spell attack roll against the target's AC, dealing 2d4 fire damage on a hit. If the target is within your melee reach, you can choose to make a melee spell attack with the flame instead of a ranged spell attack, which increases all the spell's damage dice to d6s. Critical success, the target takes double damage and 1d4 persistent fire damage. Success, the target takes full damage. Heightened plus one the initial damage increases by 1d4 and the persistent fire damage on a critical hit increases by 1d4. Looking between Ignition and Produce Flame, there's a couple of notable differences. First, obviously, Evocation has been discarded and replaced with Concentrate and Manipulate. The defense part is really nice, especially for SGMs. While Ignition has Defense AC, others list Will, Reflex, Fortitude, etc. as needed. Ignition also changes the damage from 1d4 plus your spellcasting modifier to 2d4 fire damage or 2d6s if you use the melee attack. In Produce Flame there's no extra benefit to using the melee version except that it changes from a ranged attack to a melee version which is not prone to attack of opportunity now known as reactive strike. There are a lot of other cool spells and cool changes but let's move on wish ritual the wish spell has become a ritual to allow for more involved and evocative storytelling the manifestation spell on page 8 of this document replaces the spells alter reality miracle primal phenomenon and wish wish is a 10th rank ritual it has the rare trait it takes one day to cast and has a cost of fine ash Magically imbued pigments and a gem in a marquee cut worth 100,000 gold pieces in total. For secondary casters, two primary checks are either arcana, nature, occultism, or religion, all with legendary proficiency. Secondary checks can be crafting or diplomacy. It has a range of 10 feet and targets one creature. You weave the fabric of reality itself to grant the target's greatest desire. The target declares their wish in a loud voice and at the start of the ritual and again at the end. The target's wish can be anything, ranging from simpler wishes, such as vast riches, or the casting of a certain spell. A ritual to greater wishes, like the destruction of an entire kingdom or ascension to divinity. The GM might decide a wish draws the attention of deities or other powerful creatures, leading to interference with the ritual or attempts to undo the wish. The power of the ritual alters reality to such a degree that even deities can outright undo the wish. They can react to the wish by sending servitors to take away the newly acquired riches, for example. On a success, the wish is granted, but with unintended consequences or side effects, such as taking riches from a well-known criminal, stirring a damaged kingdom to war, or angering rival gods. While a critical success, the wish is granted without complication or drawbacks. On a failure, the wish fails and has no result. The GM can instead have the wish be partially granted to such a lesser degree that the target will be eternally unsatisfied. And on a critical failure, the wish is corrupted, resulting in a cruel fulfillment. The GM determines the full results, but the outcome is generally ironic in some nature, such as becoming trapped in an underground vault full of riches, being transported to the kingdom as it's destroyed, or achieving divinity within an inaccessible place items. Most items work pretty much the same in play, but have been streamlined a bit. School removal, as detailed on page 4, affects items as well as spells. The new item format. Item stat blocks are getting a few more minor changes in GM core. Similar to spells, items no longer require you to refer to a list of components, instead placing the relevant traits with the activate entry. Furthermore, permanent items now have a short name or description to explain what an activation means or looks like. This is especially useful for items with multiple activations, making the activations easier to tell apart and track. One example follows, and there are plenty more in Rage of Elements. The item it lists is Clawed Bracers, an item level 7. It's invested in Primal, costs 325 gold, and are worn bracers with light bulbs. Animal claws are woven into the thick leather of these bracers. Activate, extend claws. One action with the Manipulate and Morph trait. Frequency once per hour. Effect. The bracers fuse temporarily with your forearms, with the claws extending to your fingertips. You gain a climb speed of 20 feet and a claw unarmed attack with the Agile and Finesse traits that deals 1d6 slashing damage. This lasts for 10 minutes or until you dismiss it. Hmm. No mention of if they say sticked or not. Talismans. To make them more useful, powerful, and straightforward, we've changed a large number of talismans. Following ones are mentioned in Rage of Elements, and you can find these and more in the GM Core. There are three examples, including the mesmerizing opal and the short-tooth charm. Let's take a look at the potency crystal. It's a item plus one with consumable magic talisman. Its usage is affixed to a weapon with negligible bulk. Its activation is a free action to concentrate trigger, you must make an attack with the affixed weapon that you haven't rolled yet. This fluorite crystal glows with a strange phosphorescence. When you activate the crystal, the weapon becomes a plus one striking weapon on the strike and until the end of this turn, gaining a plus one item bonus to the attack roll and increasing the damage to two weapon dice attacks. The level one potency crystal has a price of four gold pieces, while the greater potency crystal at level nine costs 150. The weapon becomes a plus two greater striking weapon for the rest of the turn, gaining a plus 2 item bonus to the attack roll and increasing the damage to 3 weapon damage dice. The major potency crystal is a level 15 item with 1300 gold pieces. The weapon becomes a plus 3 major striking weapon for the rest of the turn, gaining a plus 3 item bonus to the attack and increasing the damage to 4 weapon damage dice. Creatures. Rage of Elements introduces some changes to creature abilities and to some elemental themed creatures. Creature abilities. The monster abilities grab, knockdown, and push have changed in the remaster. This is mostly to benefit the PCs, who might get feats or other ways to resist the listed abilities that didn't function well due to the previous versions working automatically. They're included below, as are some other creature abilities used in the Genie stat blocks starting on page 14. Narrator note, let the record show that I, as a consummate GM, am grumpy about this. Change shape, one action, with concentrate, a magical tradition, and polymorph traits. The monster changes its shape indefinitely. It can use this action again to return to its natural shape or adopt a new shape. Unless otherwise noted, the monster cannot use change shape to appear as a specific individual. Using shape change counts as creating a disguise for the impersonate use of deception. The monster's transformation automatically defeats perception DCs to determine whether the creature is a member of the ancestry or creature type into which it transformed and it gains a plus four status bonus to its deception dc to prevent others from seeing through its disguise change shape abilities specify what shapes the monsters can adopt the monster doesn't gain any special abilities of the new shape only its physical form for example in each shape it replaces its normal speeds and strikes and might potentially change its senses or size any changes are listed in its stat block. Narrator note, I can't find any discernible differences between Chain Shape from our current version and the remaster version other than the loss of the transmutation trait. Grab. One action, requirements. The monster's last action was a successful strike that lists grab in the damage entry or the monster has a creature grabbed or restrained. Effect, if used after a strike, the monster attempts to grapple the creature using the body part it attacked with. This attempt neither applies nor counts towards the creature's multiple attack penalties monster can instead use grab to choose one creature it's grabbed or restraining with an appendage that it has grabbed to automatically extend that condition to the end of the monster's next turn. Narrator's note, this is a notable change because it now introduces the possibility of failure to the grab, knockdown, and push conditions. Knockdown has the creature attempt a trip, and push has the creature attempt to shove. Now, the good news for GMs is that these don't count against Matt the bad news is that we might not get to do special abilities as much but for players this is great wave sense this sense allows a monster to feel vibrations caused by movement through a liquid it's usually an imprecise sense with a limited range listed in the ability wave sense only functions if the monster and subject are in the same body of liquid narrator's note possibly you and only if the subject is moving through the liquid genies On the next page, you'll find a preview of the Genies entry, which you can think of as an extended cut of what will appear in Monster Core. Come meet the five new kinds of Genies and look up their more powerful Shi'yuks in Rage of Elements. Munsahir Two new Munsahirs appear in Rage of Elements. These people take the place of Azurs and have similar appearance. You can also use the Azure stat block from Pathfinder Bestiary 3 as a here without any changes to the rules text other than the name. Nari, the kin formerly called Ifrit, appeared in Bestiary 2 as a creature stat block and in Lost Omens Ancestry Guide as a playable, versatile heritage. They have been renamed Naari since the new Genies of Fire are known as Ifrit's. And finally, Scamps. Scamps take the place in the elemental planes formerly occupied by Methods. And they have a different appearance. As shown here, they perform a similar role as servants and summoned creatures. Narrator's note, scamps are adorable. It's like a little blue ball bat creature thing. So cute! The final part of the remastered document contains entries on genies. Now while the lore here is very cool, I as a consummate GM firmly believe that players should not be privy to this information until they are in-game and making rules. Therefore, even though anyone can view this document and get this information, it will not be I who gives it to you. And that concludes everything in the preview document. Of note, this is not published under the ORC yet. But it also isn't under the OGL anymore. Everything that you will see in here is 100% grade A Paizo original content. Though, you know, technically genies are the product of thousands of years of cultural tradition in the Middle East. But these ones are Paizo ones, dang it. The preview document can be downloaded and reviewed to your own heart's content at Paizo.com slash Pathfinder slash Pathfinder preview. I'll also have it linked directly in the show notes. But this marks our first comprehensive view at what we'll see when Player Core and GM Core are released in November. Most people probably already know this, but Rage of Elements is 100% remaster ready. It is still published under the OGL, but uh, the orc wasn't quite finalized. But the stuff that you see in Rage of Elements is what we're going to see from now on. From the formatting, to the lore chain, from things old to new and some things completely different. So far, my impressions are largely positive. Like I kind of groaned about as GM, I will miss the automatic grabs, pushes, and trips. As the game goes on, players get progressively more powerful. Even an attempt at making those checks can sometimes change a failure to a success, or success to a critical success. And many creature abilities require having one of those conditions put on a player, being grabbed prone, or at a distance. Since all of those abilities have the attack trait, it is nice that they're at least making it not count against map. So if a creature made two attacks and then is using the grab action, at least that creature action won't be at map 10. In all other ways though, the remaster is exactly what it says on the package. Some things are just nice quality of life changes, many things are reskins, and of course completely new things are are always really exciting to see. The Scamps particularly are really welcome change to the methods. I'm excited for any other teasers Paiza decides to throw away, though November is quickly approaching, so we're going to get those books in no time. I'm going to save any other rules podcasts for when the remaster gets released so that we can start fresh and go from the new and improved rule set. Until that time, though, I am going to be dropping Twitter, which is a real damn shame. If you all follow me on there, I love you. I am sad about this transition. I am sad that it is going to be affecting a lot of people in the TTRPG space. Twitter was a unparalleled platform for cross-promotion for meeting new people having discussions within and without your spheres of influence of course all those things also came with some bad people but elon musk's twitter has made it infinitely worse and this rebrand to x is just bleh i will keep the account live and posting, you know, podcast stuff. But overall, I am going to move to Blue Sky. I know we've all tried with things like Hive, Mastodon, some to various degrees of success, but I think that Blue Sky has the format and the team behind it to make it a actual successful Twitter alternate. It just sucks that it is still behind invite only, so the community is small but growing. And remember everyone, Threads is owned by Meta, Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook company, and all of the privacy issues that come along with it. So, uh, take that into consideration. Meanwhile, I will see the rest of you on Blue Sky as soon as you get one of those magic invites. I will hand them out as much as I'm able to. You can find me there at rulelord2e.bluesky.social. You can, of course, also find me on Reddit at Dogs Not Gods in the R Pathfinder TV community, where we have also come up with our own social media alternate called Starstone. Starstone is the mod team's attempt at a life raft for Reddit. It works a lot like it, not in all the ways, and in some ways a little bit better. There will also be a link to Starstone below, but if you go to the R Pathfinder TV subreddit, you'll find it at the top bar on New Reddit and in the sidebar. We will also, for the time being, continue to have Grass Tuesdays, so you'll want to go on to Starstone to have those Tuesday discussions. So yeah, it's a time of change for everyone, everywhere. They're never fun, but sometimes they lead to greener pastures and silver linings. But until that day, comrades, don't let the rules rule you.